Welcome to Savage. I'm your host, Kelsey Kenry, CEO, wife, and mom of three. This is where you find the aligned strategy and mindset shifts to unleash your power, unlock your freedom, and step into your full potential as a CEO. Every episode is full of tough love and hard truths with a side of tactical guidance to expand your success. You ready? Let's do the damn thing. Welcome to the Bravehearted Podcast, where we are changing the way you get inspiration by allowing you to hear resilience and victory in hard stories. We discuss new methods on handling life situations so you can show up confidently in your life. We are different because instead of just giving you inspiration through stories, we give you actionable tools to make the change that you want to make. Let's live bravely today. Some of the material we talk about is deep and can sometimes be controversial. Please use headphones when listening in public or around children. What's up, guys? I am Kelsey, and I am a life coach and personal development speaker working with women all over the world to own their stories and live more confident lives. What's up, guys? I'm Mindy, career coach and business guru. Welcome back to episode number four. Five, and we are talking about fear. And fear is so relevant in all of our lives. I definitely have fears. We've all been through hard things in our life that we feared. So we are going to talk all about fear. We're going to talk about what is fear. We're going to talk about ways to deal with fear. And we are just happy that you're joining us today. So Mindy, let's start it off. Yeah. So let's just talk about what fear is in general. So fear can come in a lot of different manners, but the quote definition of fear is a feeling induced by perceived danger or a threat that occurs in certain types of organisms, which causes a change in metabolic and organ function. That's a lot of science. Yeah. 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 Basically what it is, is you feel like there's some kind of threat or danger and your body reacts. There's a physical reaction, but also an emotional reaction. And I think a lot of times those those two can be intertwined too. Like when your palms get sweaty or your heart starts racing. But I think it's really interesting just to hear the definition of fear because when you hear it like that, and then you think something that you're fearful of, and the definition being like so extreme, like your your life is in danger, like something really, it's really bad, right? And then yeah. you think of these things you're afraid of, like, you know, flying, right? Yeah. It's like people fly every day, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny. Like I was, when you were talking about that, I was just thinking about all the little silly things I'm afraid of. And of course I've got like lots of big things that I'm afraid of too. But for example, uh, I didn't ride roller coasters for a really long time because my back is messed up, but there are some roller coasters that I can ride because they're not that tough. For example, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train at Magic Kingdom is a very small child coaster 
but because I went so long without riding it, I was terrified to get on it. Just like absolutely petrified of it, which was the silliest thing. And when you think about that definition of fear, and then I think about being scared of that roller coaster, I just want to laugh because it's, that's the silliest thing to be afraid of. Isn't it though? It seems funny afterwards, but before it's so real. You're like, if I go on that, I'm going to die. Like something terrible is going to happen. Oh yeah. Like I'm going to fall out of this ride. I'm going to like pass out. I'm going to throw up, uh, (sighs) et cetera, et cetera. Like there's so many, like you start playing this worst case scenario game with yourself. You're like, oh my God, but this could happen. Also, this could happen. Or, you know, maybe nothing happens, but I'm still not going to enjoy it. You play this crazy worst case scenario game with yourself and you just hype it up so much. And I think that that in itself causes more of that, like the fear just gets bigger. And for me, I get really bad anxiety. And then I just like start Mm -hmm. spiraling almost. It's a terrible like fear spiral where everything's falling apart. Yeah. I'm literally picturing a roller coaster as you're saying this, like how the fear builds and builds because we convince ourselves of things that we're fearful of. Like, even if it's something that's so far from the truth or like something that's so rare, it's like, if I go on that roller coaster, like I will fall out. Not thinking about how often does that really happen? You know what I mean? But like we convince ourselves like it would be us. And then we build on that to also I would throw up and pass out. Also, it's like the click, 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 like as you're going up the roller coaster, like that's (laughs) what I'm picturing, like that rise to anxiety, seriously. But yeah, can we just have some, have a minute for how much we love Disney? God bless you, Walt Disney, for everything (laughs) you've done for us. (laughs) I I wanted to be there this weekend, but... um, Unfortunately, it is marathon weekend. And if you live in Florida, you know one thing for sure. You don't go to Disney on marathon weekend. Oh my gosh. So many people. Um, So many people. So let's talk a little bit about like the underlying parts of fear and, and what causes fear. You know, the thing is, is that a lot of the stuff that we're fearful of, there's usually an underlying reason or some sort of trauma that took place that is related to that. Um, so when I think about when I think about fears, and you know, I have a lot of like financial fears, and my financial fears come from growing up poor. Like I remember getting Christmas presents from the dollar store. I would get like a puzzle or something. And I'm not saying this to be ungrateful because I know there's children that get nothing. I'm just saying, you know, as a child, you see your friends get these like extravagant things and you're like, oh, I got a puzzle. And it it starts to build kind of like some of that shame. Like you don't even want to tell people because then it's like, oh, well, I'm poor. But yeah, I think when we think about our fears, there's always something underlying. There's always something underneath it that we may not even know what it is until we start to kind of unpack and ask ourselves those questions. Like, where is this coming from? Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, sometimes that fear can come from thinking about what other people will think of you. Mm. Um, And that can be one of your big underlying 
you know, underlying things. One of my fears is that I would, you know, not be good at my current job, even though I've been doing it a very long time. You know, I sometimes I walk into my team meetings and I say, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this today. Um, I just don't know if I'm going to be good enough. Mm. Um, and I get this kind of fear of talking in front of them or fear of leading them. And, and I've been doing this a really long time, but that fear comes from what I think that they're going to think of the meeting that I'm running, what I think that they're going to, you know, think of the conversation I have to have with them. Sometimes subconsciously you don't even realize that that's what that is. Yeah, I would agree. And I think even, you know, kind of like putting all of that together, there's a big part of it I think is our own worth and our confidence in our own abilities because something that I've talked about with clients a lot is when we're talking about fear and like fear of failure, we need confidence in order to conquer fear, but we have to conquer fears in order to build confidence. Right. And so it's like, how do we do that? How do we, if we are too scared to try, but we know we need to try in order to know we can try, it's a very interesting cycle. But what I found is that the confidence piece is so important because once we are more confident people in general, that carries over in other areas. So that lack of self-worth, that feeling of I'm not good enough, like number one, what is underlying? Where is that coming from? Is there something underneath that? Is there something in your history that you need to go back and work through in order to show up as that person you want to be? But also, what other areas can you build confidence in that can carry over? Because sometimes it's just like, okay, this part of my life is hard, but these things I've done and I've conquered, I've been through, so maybe I could carry that over to this. Absolutely. And I think that really goes into another topic that we wanted to talk about is fear as an assumption, um, Mm. where we assume without really having any data about the fear and taking that time to kind of dig in and find out what that underlying cause is. Like, is it that lack of confidence? What is it that's kind of like driving that fear Um, could really help with that assumptive fear that you have, right? Yeah. Because The funny thing about assumptions is like such a large percentage of times, they're not even close to true. Like I remember having this huge fear after making this transition in my life from being this party girl that did all these terrible things that like I was scared to go back to a lot of like public places in the city that I lived in because I was so fearful of people seeing me. Thinking that if somebody saw me, they would be like, oh, that's the girl that did this or that's the girl that did that. Like, Kelsey, nobody gives a shit. <sighs> you know? Like, yeah. But I let that stop me from like, I would be so nervous about going places. And that, I mean, this is a topic for another day, but that had a lot to do with me carrying a lot of shame from not owning my story, which I had to work Mm. through. These assumptions that we make, where are we getting them from? 
And why aren't we questioning them? It's so funny what you said about what people are going to think about you coming into the town and like seeing you in public. Mm -hmm. I think this time of year is really prevalent for people who are going to the gym for the first time. Yeah. So, you know, people avoid or are fearful of going to the gym and going and trying new things in general because they're really afraid of other people seeing them mess up or other people seeing them maybe not doing something the exact right way. But really, like when you're at the gym, everybody else is too worried about themselves, like not doing something the right way, that they're too busy paying attention to other things to pay attention to you. But it's just another one of those fears that comes based off of an assumption without any real true data. Right. And it holds you back. Agreed. And you know what? Sometimes your assumptions are right. Sometimes people are assholes and sometimes people do take videos of people doing stupid stuff in the gym or whatever. Like I can't, that what's, what's the saying that really grinds my gears. (laughs) Yes, me too. Because, you know, the thing is, is number one, I was a new year's resolutioner. So let's just eight years later, I'm still here, but man, or nine years later, Wow, nine Let's clap it out for that. Yeah, right. But it's like sometimes the assumptions and the things that you think might be true. Even in my case, when it was like, okay, you go to this place, there probably was times where I went to places and people were like, oh, there's Kelsey. Did you hear she got arrested or she did this or she did that? There probably was people. But again, questioning that and being like, that did happen. And... Like what, what effect, what effect does what that person may say or do actually have on your life? True. It's such a small piece. Like you may not even like, it's like you said, you didn't even hear anybody ever say anything, but maybe they did. But what does it matter? Because you didn't hear it. And even if you did, like, what does it matter? Because you know that you've changed, you've grown, you've moved on, right? right? So it doesn't matter. Exactly. And that's what this all comes back to is the more confidence you build in yourself and your own abilities, the less you care about that stuff. Right. I think that brings us to our next really important point, which is it is okay to be afraid, but it is certainly not okay to stay afraid. Yeah. Fear is important, right? Fear is there to protect us. It's there to, you know, kind of give us a gut intuition, maybe an instinct. There's times where, yeah, absolutely, you should be afraid. But you can't let that work against you. And you can't let that continue to drive behavior in your life. Like you, again, it's okay to be afraid. But you have to do something, take some kind of action or a small step to change whatever is making you fearful. Right. Because at a certain point, you're just choosing that. Yeah. And it's miserable. So funny. And you, you know, you and I have already talked about this, but I was terrified of the dentist for ever and ever and ever. And I had a comment. Kelsey's already laughing at me. Um, but I had a couple of really traumatic instances. Um, I had a dental hygienist tell me that I was going to die on my honeymoon. That's another long story for another day. But I had some really traumatic instances, so I just kept putting off going to the dentist. And I knew that I was going to have to do it, 
And I had this like tooth. I have this tooth that's been bothering me for a really long time, just cosmetically. Mm-hmm. And I could like go thinking back on it now, I could kick myself because I wanted it fixed for my wedding pictures, which is seems silly, but it's what I wanted, right? Right. Um, and I didn't get it done because of my fear. Mm-hmm. I let that fear hold me back. So recently, I finally went to the dentist and I was really terrified, uh, really, really, really scared. Walked in, told them I was scared. They took my blood pressure and it was through the roof, obviously. But the point is, is I did it, right? I acknowledged that there was a fear. I acknowledged that I needed to take some kind of action towards it. And I started making small steps to take care of this fear. So the first small step I did was I told somebody I was afraid. Called my husband. And he was like, it's okay. You're allowed to be afraid. And then I made a commitment to him. I said, I'm going to make a dentist appointment. And I told him, this is when my dentist appointment is. I'm going to go. And then I told some friends. And they held me accountable. Thank you, Kelsey. (laughs) Um, And then I went and, you know, I told them I was scared and I I was really nervous. I did some research to find dentists that are, you know, kind of well-versed in people who have dental fears. Evidently, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I had no idea. Like, Google it. There's a lot. I mean, it's, it's like an entire... Thing. But anyways, does so anyone went. does anyone like the dentist? I mean, I'm sorry if you're a dentist, but like I feel like that has to suck for dentists. Like yeah. there's probably dentists out there that are like, damn it, why are you guys ruining it for the rest of us? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, Mike actually likes the dentist. He's like the one oh, person. Mike. The one he, person. he loves getting his teeth cleaned. So oh. but anyway, so I went and you know, I walked out of the dentist that day and I was like, heck yeah, I did it. Nailed it. Awesome. And it wasn't nearly as bad as I had built it up to be in my head. I stayed afraid for years and years. Mm-hmm. And I didn't need to stay afraid. And now I go to the dentist, no problem. Went to the dentist this morning, actually, and it was just fine. But yeah, look at me. Yay. I think that's, that's I think that's an important part for you to touch on, too, is like the difference in your confidence again, because you took that first step and then how that showed up today when you went, like the difference in how you felt. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I have been sick for the past couple of weeks. And so I was really like nervous that I was going to be too sick to go to the dentist. And I was actually sad that I may have to like reschedule my dentist appointment. I told Mike, I was like, if I have to reschedule this, I'm going to be very disappointed. Isn't that crazy? And I showed up this morning, like super excited, walked in the dentist's office. And by the way, y'all, I was having fillings done. So like talk about that's crazy. I was excited to go in and have fillings done. But because I conquered that fear, I had that confidence to go in and know like I can do this. It's not that big a deal. I did it before. I've built that confidence within myself. And I walked out like, okay, that was easy. No big deal. Made an appointment for more stuff in two weeks. So Yeah. And that's like the perfect example of what we're talking about here when it comes to just doing it and starting. And I love how you laid out the steps of what you did and how you asked for some accountability too, because I know that obviously our conversations, because I got and went to the dentist and got Invisalign. So we've been like hashtag pearly, pearly whites, 2020. Um, But yeah, it's a, it's amazing what a difference it makes. And we'll get into tools in just a minute, but I think it's really important that 
you recognize that it's not okay to stay there. And at a certain point, it is your choice to stay there. And if you're making that choice continuously, you can't complain about the success that you're lacking in your life because you're in charge of that. So when you know you have a choice to move past that, it really is up to you and it's dependent on where do you actually want to go? What do you actually want to do? Because you can float, you can wake up every morning and do the same thing and have the same, you know, blah kind of day where you feel like you don't have purpose or you can choose to do the hard things to make the better future. Right. You can sit and be stagnant mm-hmm. or you can really walk into the life that you are meant to live and be who you were meant to be. Do you want to sit around five years from now and look back at your life and say, man, I wish I had done that sooner. Or man, I can't believe this is where I am right now. All because I let something hold me back. Like, And when you're you know, old and gray one day, God, you know, knock on wood that we all get to be that way. Right. You know, like, do you want to be sitting, um, you know, wherever you're sitting at the end of your life and say, I wish I had just done this. I -hmm. wish I hadn't been held back. It's so crazy when, um, when my grandfather was not doing well and right before he left us, you know, like we would go to the nursing home that he was in and all those people you know, and not everybody, but a lot of people had, you know, those, I wish I had done this when I was younger stories. I wish I had done more of this when I was younger. I wish I wasn't afraid to take that chance. And I don't ever want to be that way. And I don't want to let fear hold me back like that. And I hope you guys don't either. Yeah. It's, that's, I feel like so common for older generations too, is because they're living, they spent their whole lives living for their significant other or their kids or working just for the financial purposes with no fulfillment. like, And now we're in a new era where it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. And so when you look at fear as something that if you don't conquer it, if you don't move forward from it, it's only going to hold you back. Like, Imagine living your entire life not doing the things that you were put here to do Again, we're talking about it's a disservice to who you are and to the people around you. Yeah. I mean, who else is missing out because you're too afraid to do something? Like, what if, like, okay, so what if, and maybe this is insane, but what if you thought maybe you want to go to med school, but you're too afraid to apply because you think that you can't get in or you think that you're not enough? You've got this fear inside you that you can't do it. But what if you're the next person? That has a cure for cancer. Right. What if what if that's you? Like you will or, never know if you don't try. Right. Or even on a mo- like a smaller level, you know, what if your friends invite you out for dinner one night and you have some kind of social anxiety or fear about where you're going mm-hmm. and you don't go, but that night they invited somebody else out who was meant to be your spouse or your yeah. best friend or right. have an important part in your life. Like yeah. if you're not if if you are too afraid to move past something, you're missing out. Okay. And this is the last thing I'm going to say about this missing out part, because I think this is important. And I don't know that you know this, Kelsey, but when Kelsey and I started working together, right before we started working together, I've been working with someone else, another coach. And I 
had worked with this person for a really long time, several Mm -hmm. years, like nine years. And I was too afraid to hurt their feelings and speak up for myself that I continued to work with them way longer than I should have. Mm -hmm. And I did myself a disservice because Mm -hmm. I... It's a long, long story, but I was in a really terrible headspace because I was working with this person, right? Mm -hmm. And finally, I said, enough is enough. And I reached out to Kelsey and ended up, you know, doing coaching with her. But I wasted so much time and money just because I was so afraid of hurting someone's feelings. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Like, not only were you, like, holding yourself back, but, like, literally you were spending money on something that was holding you back. Well, and imagine if I hadn't like reached out to you because now we have this amazing podcast. Right. We get to talk about like all this stuff um, and talk, you know, we have guests coming up that I'm really excited, um, you know, to talk to you and we get to share stories and learn about, you know, people who are listening to the podcast and like just the impact that you've had in my life um, in the past year. Right. So like if I hadn't, stepped past that fear, we wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah. I mean, it works both ways though, because our relationship that's developed is you're like my friend, my therapist, (laughs) (laughs) all the things. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think a lot of it too is there's the fear of hurting people's feelings, which we see how that can end up. And there's also, you know, a big thing here is that fear of failure. And I think it's important that we speak a little bit on failure because this is probably one of the most common, I feel like. We're so afraid of trying and failing that we don't try at all. And again, it's so much about our perspective on things because in the moment, like when we're in something and it's failing, it seems so overwhelming. It seems like it's crushing us. It seems like we're not going to be able to get through it. And then when you're on the other side of it, there's a lesson, there's a purpose. And I can think of last year, there were two projects that I worked my ass off on. So just as a little bit of backstory, I have been a single person business until this year, until just a few months ago when Mindy started working with me. And to run and do every single part of your business is hard enough. But when you add on projects to try to expand areas, I put a lot of pressure on myself. And so there were two things that I did. And one of them was a workbook that I wrote. So for those of you listening that may not know, I originally started as a coach in the fitness industry. And so the transition from fitness to life coaching has been pretty organic because they go hand in hand. But I always, I kept holding on to the fitness part because it was what people knew me for. It was, you know, the the primary part of my coaching for so many years. It was comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. And so I was like, you know, what can I do to help people more? And I had worked with so many women with bad relationships with food. And it was like, you know, that's obviously where kind of the life coaching piece came in too, because I was like, you know, like these women need more 
than just like telling them how much to eat. Like this isn't, this isn't what they need. And so I became like very adamant about people that I was working with on nutrition uh, to have them not tracking their food after a certain point. And so that is where the idea for my workbook was born. And I was so excited. I spent hours and hours writing it. I did a lot of research, found out exactly what people wanted, thought it was going to be this huge success. It was not. Okay. And I was frustrated and mad and I felt like a failure and all of those things. But I was like, okay, what else can I do? Right? So then I was like, all right. TPS Limited. So yeah. Team Pro Science was my coaching company. And I'm like, all right, what I need to do is a lot of people, the issue with them not hiring me is my prices. So mm-hmm. if I come up with a limited version of my coaching for a cheaper price, then I can help more people. That was the purpose. That was like the underlying thing that, that I wanted. So again... I set up this whole new program, set up this launch, set up all these things, right? It failed. It was very like, I thought it was going to be this huge thing. I thought that I was going to be able to help people on this larger scale, all this stuff. Again, I feel like a failure. I'm like, what's the point? Whatever. But I was like, you know, at the end of the first month of it, I was like, okay, I knew that I wasn't going to try to push. There was something that was telling me like, don't try to push this. Yeah. And so after kind of like those two blows, I was like, something's not right here. And like, I didn't know what the lesson was yet, but now I can see that the lesson was you're not supposed to be holding on to the fitness part. Because your fear, you were afraid of letting it go. Right. Because if I let that fitness part go, I won't be successful because people only want me as a fitness coach, right? Could you imagine? Go ahead. I was just going to say, could you imagine if you hadn't learned those lessons where you'd be right now? That's what I'm saying though. Like if you don't try, like if I hadn't tried those things, if I hadn't tried to expand my fitness business, I wouldn't have gotten the answers that were like, hey, you're not supposed to be in fitness. Like who, and that's, you know, that whole transition is a story for another day. But my point of sharing those stories is that, again, we are so afraid of the failure that might happen. But what if we understand going in to anything that we try if this fails, if this doesn't turn out the way that I want it to, there's something on the other side waiting for me. Yeah. It's about turning fear into excitement. Yeah. Really. It's about, Mm -hmm. so, and what I mean by that is there's a book by uh, Marie Forleo, who I love, um, that we read in the book club, actually, as our first book club book. And um, it's called Everything is Figure Outable. And Marie talks in the book about fear and about turning your fear into excitement. So what we mean by that is if you're afraid of something, maybe what you need to do is take that fear and say, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? So Kelsey, the worst thing that could happen is, you know, it didn't work. Like Mm -hmm. you spent that time, you wrote the workbook, 
people didn't buy it, didn't work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the worst thing that could happen. But if you take that and you say, all right, what am I going to learn from this? There's an opportunity here. And you get excited about either A, like it's going to work and it's going to expand and be amazing. Or B, like I'm going to learn something from this either way. It's a completely different perspective. Right. Right. But you will, again, miss out on the lesson that's on the other side that could be guidance for you to move forward because either way you're moving forward. Right. And that's the thing. You can try and you can succeed and move forward. You can try and you can fail and move forward. Either way you're moving forward. I think that's the biggest thing right there people don't think about is that either way, even if you fail, failure is not a setback. Failure is a set up for your next lesson, for your next big success, for whatever it is. Failure really first attempt in learning. Yeah. Every time. Like that's, and that's what I tell people. Like when people tell me they're afraid to fail, I'm like, you should fail and fail again and keep failing because if you're not failing, you're just sitting there. You're not doing anything. You're not yeah. growing. Yeah. Yeah, because that means you're not trying. It means you're you're just staying in your comfort zone and you're not going outside and exploring new things. And like that's where all the cool stuff is. Like, and usually the stuff that is when we finally try and fail and try and fail, and then we reach the point to where it's like, I remember like even when I started taking like strictly life coaching clients. And I got my first just life coaching client and I was like, oh my God, this is a thing. I could like do what I want to do, you know? Yeah. Like, how did it feel after you did that first session? Oh my gosh. You know, I was scared. Actually, I was scared going into it because again, there's that fear of failure because it's something new, but there's a part of it to where it's just like, when I am talking to clients and we're in that session, I'm so there and I'm so in it with them that there's no like there's no mental space for that, so it just disappears. And then afterwards, it's like the ultimate high. Yeah, like, like I just did that. Yeah, and it's just like you know, there's so many different emotions that clients go through and so many different topics that you talk about, and it's like people trusting, trusting in me with, with their, their lives and and letting me into their personal space and like seeing tears of joy or excitement or like new insights. Like it's an amazing thing. And it's like, I know for sure that I am consistently reassured that it's the right path. That's awesome. I just want people to know how much failure that I had to even have to get here and I'll continue to fail. Yeah. You have to, and you can't be afraid of it. I actually, I was having this conversation with my team lead the other day about failure because I'm, you know, mentoring her and trying to get her to a position where she can do what um, I do every day. And I said, Olivia, you're going to fail. You're going to want to quit. It's going to be hard. You're, you're not, you're going to feel like you're not cut out for this. Mm-hmm. And I know I have, and I've sat in that, and I've sat in that failure, and I've let it drive me to be afraid. And then sometimes I've let it drive me to be, you know, amazing. 
But the point is, is that you have to move past that fear and that failure and take that lesson and just keep moving forward. Keep Mm -hmm. moving forward because you'll get it. One day you'll get it. What do you think if somebody's in that space where they're in it and it's like, I I feel like I have some ideas about this, but I'm very curious to hear your perspective. When somebody's in it and they're approaching like the, okay, I'm going to try, or even they're in the process of doing this and they're feeling like they're kind of apprehensive or, you know, they're not sure of what the lesson would be like that in between space of where you're trying and you haven't seen the lesson yet. So I think it's, you just have to be patient Mm. is a big thing and trust that, you know, you're in this for a reason, you know, Mm -hmm. something has put you here in this spot that you're in for whatever reason it may be. And even though you can't see the lesson right now, you'll see it in the end. Um, And just keep that in your mind and maybe even talk about it with somebody. You know, if you've got a friend that's really close that you can talk Mm -hmm. to and say, man, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. What do you think? You know, getting that kind of advice from someone else is really important. I think just acknowledging it, acknowledging that you feel that way, acknowledging that, you know, you may be afraid but knowing that there is something that's going to come from this, whether it's a lesson or success, something's going to come from it. Yeah. I love that acknowledgement. And I think acknowledgement is really good. And I think recognizing that that discomfort is where the growth lies. Yes. And knowing that change your perspective in that moment because if you're uncomfortable, good. You should Yeah. Be. Yeah. Nothing worth having comes easy. Right. No growth comes easy. Nothing. I mean, right. think this is maybe a silly analogy, but think about when you're a kid, right? And your muscles are growing and you remember those leg pains you used to get, yes. right? That, you know, that's what you have to think about because as a kid, you have to go through that physical pain to become mm-hmm. an adult, for your body to grow. Yeah. But you're going to, in order to grow, you're going to have to go through some kind of pain. And maybe it's physical, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's both. Yeah. But you have to know that there is something on the other side of this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's huge. So let's move into, um, I think we've obviously dissected a lot of the different kinds of fears and had some great examples. So let's go into some tools that can help our listeners with dealing with fear. Yeah. So um, one of my favorite tools is doing something hard every single day, something small, something big, whatever it may be. Last year, I made a goal to do something hard every day. Mm -hmm. And I may not have met it every single day, but I accomplished so many things that I didn't think that I could do last year. Riding a roller coaster, going to the dentist, speaking in front of larger groups of people than just 15 or 20 people, trying new foods, trying new things, trying different things, things that maybe I was apprehensive of doing. I, this is really silly, but I made enchiladas last year and I was so proud of myself I never had made enchiladas before because I was afraid that I would mess it up. And uh, shout out HelloFresh. Thank you. Um, They're so good. They're so good. It's the freaking best. 
Um, <laughs> but I made enchiladas last year. Like that was one of my small things that I did one day. So mm -hmm. the point of this is that you have to just do something. You have to move. And it doesn't have to be big. Taking small steps is much more important to get you down the road without overwhelming you than taking some large, grandiose, like, step that you may not take because you're too afraid to take it and you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. I think, you know, kind of along with the tool of, you know, doing something hard every day and hard is a relevant term. term. Hard is a relevant term because for some people, you might have depression and the hard thing is getting up out of bed every day. Yeah. And for some other people, it might be having that conversation with that person that you're avoiding. There's something every day that can give us kind of those butterflies or the sweaty palms, conquering something like that. And that kind of goes along with another tool, which is just like repeated exposure to things that we're scared of. And being able to put ourselves in front of that fear consistently to allow us to see it. Like if you are afraid of snakes, maybe you read about snakes first. Maybe or you just you, catch a snake in your house. Or just catch a snake in your house. That's <laughs> also fine. That would be like a zero to 100 step, one of those big steps. That was fight or flight. I was like, this baby snake that's three inches long is going to eat me and my family. So <laughs> you're going outside. <laughs> Just, you know, if you, if you're afraid of snakes, you start with reading about snakes and then maybe you go to, maybe you buy like a toy snake or maybe you go to the pet store and like, look at the snakes. And then the next step is like, you touch the snake. And then the next step is like, you hold the snake. So, you know, it's like, it doesn't have to be that huge step. But if you continue to put yourself in front of it, it gives you the opportunity to do something small, like you said. Yeah. So repeated exposure to things that you're afraid of. You know, social anxiety is another great one for that. Just keep, just keep going. Like just yeah. keep putting yourself in those situations because if you put yourself in the situation, you give yourself the opportunity to get better. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, turns into a, another tool, which is starting small. Rome wasn't built in a day, guys. You don't have to catch the snake in your house like the first day <laughs> or, you know, go to the dentist and get 18 procedures done the first time you go. Start small. It's like I talked about when I was telling you guys about my dentist appointment. I started small by acknowledging that I was afraid of it. And then I took the next step of telling somebody I was afraid. Mm -hmm. And then I did some research on dental fears and dentists who handle them. Taking those small steps to build up to like the big step of going to the dentist is what helped me. And part of that is being proactive, right? Which is another tool that we have, you know, being proactive when something hard is coming and preparing yourself the best way you can. So mm -hmm. doing the research, you know, knowing what you have to deal with, like, Mm -hmm. knowing what you need to be prepared for. So I knew walking into my dentist appointment that they probably weren't going to do a million things on me the very first time that I walked in because they wanted to get an idea of, you know, like what my teeth looked like and they wanted to probably clean them and do other things. 
So knowing, you know, and being prepared when you go into something, super important um, tool to use. Yeah, that and that's, I mean, doing the research, I think, can clear up some of those assumptions that we may have too. Yeah. It's like, absolutely. just like you said, like going back to, okay, if you're afraid of flying, like, do you need to look up the research? Like, how, what is the percentage of planes that actually crash? Like, you know what By I mean? By the way, it's very small. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but like, did that, when you were afraid of flying, did you look at that stuff? Did it, did it help you? Um, so that's actually a um, funny story. We didn't really get to talk about that, but I, like I was when I was like 16, absolutely terrified of flying. I just got exposure therapy real quick to calm my fear of flying. Mm-hmm. Um, because I did not know this is really, I'm going to make this super quick, but so I wanted to go on a mission trip um, when I was 16 years old with my friends at church to a Navajo Indian reservation. And um, no one told me that we were flying. I thought we were driving. I don't know why, because it was in Arizona and we lived in Tennessee. So I should have put two and two together, but I didn't. So I wasn't there for a lot of the meetings. I didn't know we were flying until about a week before. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And that was really before like... This sounds so silly, but before the internet was like a huge, huge thing, like we had the internet, but it was more for like creating your dolls on MySpace than it was like, you know, doing actual research. So there wasn't really a lot of, I mean, I could have gone to the library, but so I didn't do any research. I actually ended up going to the airport that morning because I was afraid that my friends would think I was a big baby. My friend drug me on the plane and held my face up against the window and made me watch takeoff in order for me to not be afraid of flying. And now, like, I love, I, I couldn't imagine life without flying. I travel everywhere. Like, right, travel, right. Yeah, travel's my middle name. Like, so, but yeah, I would not recommend, 10 out of 10, do not recommend exposure therapy <laughs> like that. But, you know, like, some, that that's, and that's, that's the thing. It's like, there's so many different tools that we're talking about here that can be applied in different ways. Another one is kind of like you already spoke about is just acknowledging that fear, if we can change our perspective and make that into excitement. If you notice a lot of the physical response that we get when we're excited is very similar to fear. So yeah, start telling yourself that you're excited about it. I'm excited about this. Why am I excited? This is so cool. I'm going to learn something new. Um, and just viewing it that way because, and we've talked about this on the other ones, but like you are whatever story you tell yourself. Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. You're manifesting your own destiny. If you tell yourself that you're afraid of something, of course you're going to be afraid of it. But again, it's that assumption like without knowing, without data, like you don't know. It's like a little kid, right? So like kids say, oh, I don't like that food. I'm sure like Brooklyn and Cam have done this to you. Like, I don't like that, but they Mm. haven't even tried it. Yeah. They they don't know. So it's that fear. Cameron, Cameron, every every day. I mean, (laughs) three-year-olds are three-year-olds, so it's a super blast. But um, yeah, I don't like that. I'm like, you haven't even tasted it. So we have a rule. This is way off off subject, but we have a rule of you have to try at least one bite. That's the deal. If you don't like it, you don't want to eat it. That's fine. But you have to try. Absolutely. But it's the same concept, right? Like you have to try. 
Like mm-hmm. you, you, you assume that you're afraid of something, but you're not maybe. Mm-hmm. And you have, you should try for your own self, for others, take that small step, move forward. Yeah. And that kind of brings us to like our last couple of tools, which tie mm-hmm. together are asking for help and accountability because when you have this fear and when you have this thing that you're afraid of, you know, a big step and like you were even talking about this with the dentist, but like a big step for so many of us is just admitting that we're afraid and telling somebody else that we're afraid. Yeah. Sometimes just speaking things out loud. Like I know for me, when I'm having a rough time, like that's the first thing I do is I reach out to a friend and I'm like, I'm just struggling. Like this is what's going on. Whether it's text messaging or whether it's talking to Eric and like hearing it or seeing it looking back to me or coming to my ears, I'm like, I can process this better than it just being stuck in my brain. Yeah. It creates a familiarity and it gives you an opportunity to kind of run through like what's the best case scenario and what's the worst case scenario and how am I going to handle it either way? Yeah. Yeah. I love the worst case scenario run through. That's something that I do with clients a lot to where I'm like, okay, what's the thing? And what's the worst thing that could happen? Right. And then we walk through it and then I'm like, okay, and then what would you do? And then what would you do? And they're like, at the end of it, like at the end of like 10, what would you do? The answer is they figure it out no matter what it is. Everything's figure outable. Right. That's what we do. But again, we go back to the confidence building piece and we have to build that confidence within ourselves. Anyways, wrapping up for you guys. This is a really exciting talk today. I feel like I love when I like feel things in my soul. Like when you're saying stuff and I'm like, yeah, she's right. She's right. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Um, So just to go through our tools again for you guys, um, if you're having struggles with fear, just know you're not alone. We all struggle with it see the fear, hear the fear, acknowledge it and do it anyways. But our tools for you are repeated exposure, do something hard every day or very frequently, turn your fears into excitement, ask for help and create accountability. You can also start small and work your way up and just be proactive and do your research because that can be calming and very helpful to ease those assumptions. I really enjoyed this episode today. I think that, you know, fear is something that people are fearful of talking about. For sure. Um, And I think that, you know, these tools are really helpful in moving forward. Next week, Kelsey, what are we talking about? So next week, I'm super pumped because we have another interview for you guys. And this one was raw. This one was was a very... um, a very heartfelt interview. So we interviewed NXT superstar, Marina Shafir, and she is a friend of mine and just a wonderful soul. She is a mother and she is working in the wrestling industry on TV. And so she shares with us her story of her struggles and her triumphs and all sorts of stuff. And it is, uh, it's a deep one. For sure. Yeah. And I'm so 
so excited for everybody to hear it. It was emotional for me. I, I felt a lot when we talked with her, and she just got such an incredible story. You know, being a woman in NXT is not easy. Being a woman in the wrestling industry is not easy. You know, she's really just gone through so much and such an incredible person. So really excited about that. And I want to take a quick second to um, to talk about the e-course that Kelsey just launched. Kelsey, you want to tell us about Balance Your Life? Yeah, sure. So um, Balance Your Life 101 is physical health starts mentally. And I made this course because obviously coming from a fitness background, it was just so regular and commonly occurring that, you know, women are so focused on their food and their exercise and trying to change their bodies. And it really takes the focus off the mental piece. So I'm trying to bring that full circle for everybody and really make people understand that if you want to be successful with any goal, whether that's a physical goal or otherwise, we need to do things like build our confidence, build our self-worth, see our value, and really learn how to prioritize ourselves in order to make those decisions. So what I did is I took these topics that are obviously very common topics that I'm talking about with all of my clients and put them all in an online course that has worksheets that go along with the videos and you get to do the course at your own pace. So right now enrollment is open, but not for much longer. So you can sign up if you go to kelseykenry.com in online courses, you can see it there. Well, thanks guys so much for listening with us today. Again, if you enjoy the podcast, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you're listening, that you follow us, um, share it on social media. You can find us at the Bravehearted Podcast on Instagram. When you're listening, tag us. We love seeing um, your stories when you guys are listening. Nothing makes us happier. We've seen so many over the past few weeks. But just thank you so much for your continued support. We will chat with you next week. We hope you live brave. All right, guys, thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Live bravely today. If you are a CEO or entrepreneur, I want to invite you into a space that's unlike anything out there. CEO Power Hour is a free monthly live experience that you can join in person or virtually to get your questions answered to fulfill the desires for your business. Inside this room, you bring your biggest goal, the obstacles you are experiencing, or anything you want my expertise, eyes, and ears on. This guidance, along with the ideas and inspiration from other powerful women, allows you to be fully immersed in the energy of being supported and learn in a completely new way so that you can expand your business and your life to the next level. I created CEO Power Hour to bring together powerful business owners for connection, collaboration, and coaching. This is your invitation, and it's free. The link is in the show notes, so I hope to see you at our next monthly meeting.